0: producer michael miracle here and before we get into today's podcast i'd like to quickly invite you to join the i work for him nation being a part of the nation is all about being jesus in your workplace because you may be the only jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet so head to our website iWorkForhim.com, and click on the nation flag then prayerfully consider joining the nation we'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement thanks again for listening here's today's podcast Thanks for tuning into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And as you tune in to hear us from all across the country, whether you're listening to us on the internet or listen to us live on a radio right here in Tampa Bay on four different AM stations, we're so thankful that you tuned in. And just know that we prayed for you. We prayed that something we would say today would cause you to dig deeper into your faith, into connecting your faith and your work, and to connecting what you heard on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five, into the recognition that your workplace it's your mission field and in that mission field you and me we may be the only Jesus our co-workers our employees may ever meet the job that you hold the people that you work with none of that is by chance those people they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. But it takes a paradigm shift in our minds. And as Roman 12.2 reminds us, it says, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. You all know what a fan I am of the organization called Halftime. Halftime, the book by Bob Buford, played a huge part in Martha and I being on in the air. In January 2004, we read the book and realized, you know what? We're not going to pursue success solely. We're going to pursue significance in that success, and we're going to put it in the Lord's hands instead of our own hands. Well, on the world's eyes, what does it mean to finish well? Today, we're going to talk with Three ladies who figured out that the second half was totally different than the first half and they want to finish well. And so, we're going to do a halftime show today focused on women who've gone through halftime and the significance of their stories. And we've got Rhonda Kelbeck, she works in the headquarters in Dallas, Texas for halftime. And we also have Wendy Geikema and we're going to have Diane McGrath after the bottom of the half hour. They're all going to be sharing their stories. Rhonda Kelbeck, welcome back to iWork for Him. Thank you so
1: much, again. I'm so excited to be on your show again.
0: Well, it's always nice to have you on the show. And I'd love it if 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 you're on a speaker, you would pick it up the phone because it always sounds so much better. Your, your voice will come across so much better. Rhonda, talk to us about your halftime story.
1: Jim, my halftime story started about six years ago when kind of I had a life event happen in my life. Both of my girls had gone off to college and so for the first time my husband and I were empty nesters. Now I had done some other things in the first half of my life. I had been a graduate school uh teacher at a university. I'd written a book for parents. So I had done some things, but gosh, when they both went off to college, I felt like I was at a crossroads. I was at a time where I could think gosh, for this second half of my life, what could I do? How could I give back to God? What could I do of even more significance? How could I make an impact? And if I'm going to do something, gosh, I want to be really passionate about it. So those were all the things that were going through my head. And I spent about a year trying to put all that together and figure out what in the world I was going to do. So after a year, I still couldn't figure it out. And a friend of mine said, man, you need to go to the Halftime Institute and get clear on this. And I enrolled for the next month and I came to the Halftime Institute, had my own coach and really figured out that what I am passionate about is helping others through this process. So I came to Halftime for the program and I, I'm still here. <laughs>
0: <She> <laughs> you came? Left. You didn't get the, you didn't get to leave. You came, you went, you got the certificate, but put it on the wall and never left. I love that. I love that. So Let's just talk for those listeners just tuning in today that have never heard of halftime, which I don't even know how it's possible. If they're listeners, I work for them. They've heard about halftime. Well, they're probably tired of hearing about halftime, but not never. really. Don't take offense to of that. But talk to me about how what is the Halftime Institute all about?
1: Well, we call it the university for your second half. You know how we spend a lot of time in the first half of our life preparing for our career and all the things we're going to do, and then suddenly we either retire or we get to a place in our life like I was where there was a major life event, and we go, oh gosh, now what am I going to do for my second half? Well, the University for Your Second Half, the Halftime Institute, helps people figure out all those pieces of information. So we really help people figure out what is God's calling for my second half. And that's exactly what we do on a
2: daily basis here.
0: And you have so much fun doing it. And Martha and I got a chance to be there last year, didn't we, Martha? That was so much fun being in their office.
2: We did. And getting to see the, the location where things are happening. You guys have it set it up so great there. When people come to visit and uh, participate, they they really get treated well As at the same time.
0: Rhonda, oh, thank you. Rhonda, you've got two ladies joining us for our conversation today. Why don't you introduce our first guest?
1: All right, Wendy Gaikama, she was one of the first women I actually met when I joined the halftime team. She was a mom that she had worked in this big corporate marketing job. When her kids were growing up, she stayed at home with them for a while. She lived in Houston, Texas. But as those kids got older and they were starting to leave home, she felt that smoldering discontent that Bob Buford talks about in his book, Halftime. And she began to wonder, Lord, what do you want me to do next? So she read about halftime, she heard about it, read the book, and enrolled in the Institute. And she is an amazing woman. You're going to love hearing her story.
0: Wendy Geikema, welcome to I Work For Him.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Uh, Martha and I are thrilled to have you here today. We
2: are. Thanks, Wendy, for joining us. So as our listeners are getting to, they got to hear a little bit from Rhonda about what Halftime Institute is, and she did a little intro of you. Can you just tell Uh, So as you have gotten to see what I work for him is, how that message might resonate with you in your life. Oh,
3: I love that message of I work for him. And I know for me personally, just that sense that the Lord has plans and purposes for each of us. He's a calling that what we do matters and that we need to make sure we're intentionally using our gifts and talents at every age and stage of life. Um, and that he can, you know, he uses us in the workplace, whatever that is. Um, and that's more than just one way or one time of life, but that's throughout our lives. So, uh, yeah, I love the message.
2: Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, Rhonda, kind of gave us a little bit of a, a intro for you, but is there anything that you want to add to let people know about your backstory that led to your halftime?
3: Um yeah. I, you know, after college, as Rhonda said, I had worked. I've worked full time. I've worked part time in corporate America. I pushed pause on my career to raise our three boys. And I really loved being a mom. It was a big part of my life for many years. I volunteered in the schools in the church and the community and life was really full. Um, but as our boys were growing up and just starting to leave the nest and becoming more independent, I just had this nagging sense, uh, like so, like the Lord was calling me to something else, but I could not figure out what it was. Um, you know, I knew I'd always be a mom to my kids, but being a mom didn't take as much time. You know, mm-hmm. as they grew older and they were doing more things, so I just didn't know what God had for me so i just kept praying and really seeking him and i and i did notice that there were other moms in the same situation you know their kids were growing up and they didn't know what they were supposed to do and some of them really thought they had lost all purpose like oh life is over my kids are grown it's done
0: but being a mom is the highest of all purposes i mean of mm-hmm. all of the of all of the number one best most important jobs in the world being a mom is that job
3: Absolutely. And you're always a mom. I mean, mm-hmm. so it doesn't, it, you never stop being a mom.
0: Especially when they come back and they want to move back in and they need a little money. <laughs> yes.
3: Right,
2: right. Or even cooking their favorite meal when they come to visit, which is awesome. So, right,
3: right. There's lots of great things, and 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 we're you know it's a blessing and, and tremendous blessing to be able to do it. But as they get older, I mean, you know, ideally they do become more independent. Yes, and it doesn't take all the time that it did when they were little bitty and running around the house.
0: So, is that when you realized? Hey, I got to re, I I, got to recheck. I got to, I got to just reset and go, okay, my kids are growing up. They don't need me full time anymore. And and that's the whole purpose of being parents is to get them ready. So they don't need us all the time. (laughs) Is Is that, is that what sent you into your halftime?
3: Well, you know, there was that piece. And then I also personally had, uh, something happen in my family and my life. So my mother, um, had had a huge influence on me. She was a really bright woman. She's a librarian. She's a great mom. She had um, poured her heart into raising her kids, my sister and I. But once we had left the home and, you know, grown, off, going off to school and got married, she was never able to find her way. She had depression and, eventually, a very difficult battle with cancer. Um, And so she passed away. It was so hard. Um, but I, I also, you know, you kind of get like a 30,000 view, foot view on life. And I just realized that as the last 20 years of her life had passed, she had never found fulfillment and purpose once her kids were gone. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard. It was hard to, and, and I just didn't want that to be me. And I knew I had to figure this out for myself.
0: Rhonda, this is so exciting. When you hear people's stories and you and you hear how their eyes were opened up, how did how much of an impact did halftime make on your home life, Rhonda?
1: Oh my gosh, it affected actually every area of my life. When I really started to get lock eyes with God and really get clear on my calling it just kind of rejuvenated every part of my life. It improved my relationship with my husband because, gosh, I was fulfilled. I was so excited about what I was going to do, and it really deepened my relationship with God because I had to completely depend on Him for guidance in this new area of my life. So it affected everything.
0: Mm, That's fantastic. And we've got Wendy Geikema on the line with us today, and Wendy's a Halftime Institute graduate, and we're going to hear more of her story.
2: So Wendy, right before the break, you were explaining how when you when your mom passed away and you were looking back at her life and seeing that you know in the that end of her life after the kids didn't need her anymore, you didn't see that she ever really landed somewhere that had fulfillment. How did that affect you? mm, that was
3: so profound I mean it was just it was so hard it was really a difficult season, just because I missed my mom sure. and i just mourned her and her life. It was it was really hard, but it it also really made me say, okay, I've got to take action because I, I, this I can't let this be me. And I had met enough other women by that time who knew that I wasn't alone. There were other women who were trying to figure this out.
2: Sure. So as you were assessing that and really saying, you know, I want to see, I want to have more fulfillment in my life as I move forward, and the kids aren't needing me as as much. God planted quite a few people in your life to um, kind of expose you to this idea of halftime. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes,
3: he was really at work. I knew I needed a guide because I, and I didn't want to just keep spending time on my own trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I kept praying and it seemed like multiple people that I would ask, I met people that I served with, um, old friends, people from church, I would talk about this and everyone was like, "Oh, I know what you need to do. You need to go to the Halftime Institute, and, and so I was like, "Okay, clearly God is speaking." So then I reached out to the Halftime, the folks at Halftime, and then I also got a hold of the book and read the book, and I, it, it just it resonated with me. I was like, "Okay, this is what I need to do," and I, you know, I felt the Lord just saying, "Yes, go for it." And so that's what I did. I mean, they had a proven process that intentionally involved the Lord. And I knew that I wasn't going to have to do this by myself anymore.
0: So how many years ago was it that you went through the process, Wendy?
3: I went to halftime um,
1: about three years ago.
0: All right. So I know through the process of halftime that, that well, they, they help you really identify how God, who God created you to be, and then really identify what did God create you to be doing. When you When you really started to see, well, tell us, as you went through that stuff, did you get a clear picture of who God created you to be?
3: I really did. They really do a phenomenal job of just helping you understand how he made you. What are your gifts, your strengths, your talents, your past experiences? How might he be calling you and bringing that all together? Um, And so their process is just great. Um, And then they also have this um, concept of low cost probes, which was really helpful because you know you're trying to you, you, you come up as you as you sort of look in, you come up with a couple of ideas like, Oh, well maybe Lord wants me to do this or maybe he wants me to do this, but you're not quite sure. And so then they had a process to help you try these like sort of small scale experiments and and really pay attention to how those
0: would go. Well, and hang on there for a second. So, Rhonda, just jump in here really quick and talk to us about the low-cost probe. Bob talks about it in detail inside the book Halftime, which we will give away some copies after the Bob and the half hour. Rhonda, what is the purpose of a low-cost probe?
1: The low cost probe is something that your coach kind of helps you figure out based on what your interests and what your passions are. So if you're interested in, gosh, I really want to do something with clean water, but I don't know anyone who's doing that. I don't know any organizations. Your coach will actually help you connect to some people who are already doing it. So if you just, it's kind of like tipping your, tip, dipping your toe into it just to check it out before you jump a hundred percent into it. We really want people to understand what they're getting into. And if this is really the right thing that God's calling them to do before they go all
2: in. So Wendy, to make that practical for our listeners, what kinds of low cost probes did you explore and kind of, you know, dip your toe into?
3: Um, yeah, I was looking. I knew that the Lord was calling me to help women. I had a sense around career issues, but I really wasn't sure what that was going to look like. So I did a lot of strategic volunteering. Um, I worked a, a local job search program. I volunteered with a ministry in my city that helps people coming out of, like, prison or addiction find mm-hmm. work. I... Went to a conference on refugees. I did a lot of informational interviewing. I took a class. I mean, you know, it was like you just kept I kept trying these different things and as I did that things started becoming clear. Some things really caught my heart and others didn't, even though they were great causes.
0: Mm. Well let's talk let's just translate that. We got a lot of people listening today and they're gonna be listening to the show later on as a rebroadcast and later on as a podcast. Talk to those people. Talk to the people, both men and women that are listening. How valuable was this direction that you got from the halftime institute to, to go through this experience?
3: I think it is crucial because you cannot figure this out. You can't figure out what the Lord has for you without getting out of your house. And and too many people want to, you want to sit at home and you just want to wait for this this like heaven the skies to open up. <laughs> And God's gonna. Well, He hasn't showed it all to me. Well, just take the one next step and try something, and then and pray about it and
2: see if that's what He has for you. Oh, and you bring up a key word there. Um, how? What? Let's let, kind of hone in on that. How? What role did praying have in this whole process for you? Oh, Martha, it is foundational.
3: Just that asking Him. Spending time with him, listening for the answers, because that's the other piece, not just asking, Mm -hmm. but it's also taking time to listen and then being willing to obey. Um, because you know the Lord's not going to shout these answers out to us. We're going to have to spend time to really hear Him.
0: <laughs> yeah, very rarely does God yell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah there's, right? there's no examples of God yelling anywhere in the Bible, <laughs> and only one of Him running towards us. So when you so you went through these low cost probes, you did a lot of analysis, you did a lot of testing, you had a coach go through this process with you, and like you just said, you need somebody to come alongside you in this process. What did the Lord reveal to you about your second half as you went through this?
3: You know, it became clear that the Lord was calling me into career coaching and to help women, especially women who had taken a break and raised their kids, and then were trying to figure out what was next. And for years I had helped people with career issues, and I really enjoyed it. And then I just felt like the Lord slowly saying, this is what I have for you. Uh, you know, and I just now I love seeing a woman get hope and clarity and really see that, like, God has purpose for you and you have hope and there's more for you. I and mean, I just love that.
0: Now, the whole halftime process, at Wendy, is uh, it's a year long process, correct? Yes. And and did you at any point in time in there get frustrated, wish that it was going faster?
3: Yeah, it, it's. I think that's a natural human tendency. Mm-hmm. Is you know we just want it like okay, Lord, could you just tell me what it is, and then I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. And and but there's so much value in giving it time, and praying, and sitting, and trying these different things. And just because it's he's he is. I mean, God's heart is for us to be stepping out and ha- and figuring out our purpose. But we, he wants us to rely on him along the way, so he doesn't just give it to us all in a you know a letter at the first day.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's exactly what I was thinking about the, um, I hate to say the word, but the patience, you know, that might have been involved in the process. And I think it's a great thing because you don't if you're going to be intentional and you really want something of significance in your second half to not jump into something without really knowing that it's where God wants you to be, because isn't that the whole idea behind going through this process?
3: Right, right. And we are so quick to want just, you know, fix it, be done, you know, oh, got the answer, move on. And that, again, is just that's not really usually how the Lord
0: works. Mm -hmm. Rhonda Kelbeck, is Wendy Geikema's experience with halftime pretty typical? What people would expect is everybody get an answer at the end of the process of what their next step towards significance, their second half, is going to look like?
1: You know, Wendy is very typical, well, in this respect anyway. She's unique in many other ways. But yeah, I mean, people, the timing is what's unique for each person. Like some people actually come to the Institute and kind of have an idea of what God is calling them to do, and they just need clarifying and really help getting started on that. Other people have no idea what they're passionate about, so they're kind of starting at a different place. So somewhere along that journey, I mean, you can always count on God. Like Wendy said, He wants us to figure out exactly where our sweet spot is if we'll put some time and effort, and especially into listening to him, he will definitely show you. But it's his timing, not ours.
0: Wendy, when you look at where life was like four years ago, then you got involved in half the Halftime Institute and where you are today, speak to our listeners today about why going through this process was critical for you to understanding more about yourself and more about what God had in store for you. Oh, it-
3: it was life changing. I, I really think that I would have stayed stuck had I not had the opportunity to be part of the Halftime Institute. And I would just say to listeners: I mean, if they are feeling that, oh, I'm, yeah, I don't know what God has for me, don't ignore that. Really press into that and seek Him, because He does have a plan and purpose, and there there is more. I and mean, that's a, that's something he's putting on your heart, so you, you need to pay attention to that i am
2: I, I am forever
3: grateful to have time.
2: that is so encouraging and um one thing I know we said quickly on the air before was the fact that you said to me, um that having a learning mindset was really important in the process to being open to that.
3: yes, yes, you really have to have that opportunity, just that chance that hey, I can learn, I can figure this out and be open to to the lord speaking in different ways through different people and different resources um that is a really important piece of this just to have that open open mindset and feeling like you know you don't have all the answers
0: that mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Wendy Geikema, thanks for joining us on I Work For Him, and thanks for sharing your halftime story from success to significance, and thanks for being willing to invest in others' lives. We look forward to hearing more, maybe three, four years down the road from here, as to all that. Maybe we'll be able to hear from one of the people you get to coach through the halftime experience. That would be fantastic. But Wendy, thanks for being on I Work For Him today.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a blessing.
0: Rhonda Kelbeck with Halftime. You can find out half find more about Halftime online at halftime.org, or if you prefer, halftimeinstitute.org. Halftime.org is just a little easier and it's easy to spell. Rhonda, we're we're highlighting three stories, three lady stories. Your story, and we just finished talking with Wendy Geichum I and we've got Diane McGrath coming on. We're talking about the the impact of the halftime institute on these ladies lives on your life talk to me about the halftime institute experience when and i know it's gotten even more different since you've gotten involved because you've been able to add a ladies' touch to it what can people expect Rhonda, when they come to dallas texas to go through the halftime institute
1: well they can expect to have their own personal halftime coach lead them through this whole entire process And there's a lot of pieces to pull together, what they're passionate about, what their strengths are, what their talents are, pulling together a mission statement, and then figuring out, how am I going to go out there and do that, in what capacity? So you've got a halftime coach who's going to lead you that entire direction and that entire path for an entire year. It's also going to be a customized experience. You know, people, if this is very much a spiritual journey and a head journey, figuring out what you're going to do and who God's calling you to be, your coach is going to help you every step of that way to figure that out. And did, also, engage in some low cost probes along the way.
0: Did you have a coach?
1: I did. I had a coach, Dave Turner, for an entire year. It was the best experience of my life.
0: Wow. Okay. So, what were some of your low cost probes?
1: Well, I come from an education background, and I'm all, I was also a speaker, and so I was. I kind of was thinking in that small term, that small realm of, gosh, maybe I need to do something that I've done before in some kind of um, area. So I thought, gosh, if I love education, well, what about if I made an impact and taught at a school for underprivileged kids? So that was one of my low-cost probes. And that actually wasn't where God was calling me to be, but it was a way for me to kind of dip my toe into that and try it before I jumped in all the way.
0: So you did it, and you've gone through the probes and you ended up at halftime, which you mm-hmm. are, you were like the bright sunshine of halftime. Aww. <laughs> well, Aww, oh, well, well, I don't, you know, we just love working with you. It's so much fun. Not that Dean Neewolny, the president and CEO, isn't awesome because we, you know, we've had a lot of fun there too. But let's talk about the next guest. Why don't you introduce Diane McGrath to our audience?
1: Well, Diane McGrath, she is from Dallas, Texas. She came to the Halftime Institute a little over a year ago as a client of ours. And her story is as unique and fascinating as she is. I can't wait for you to meet her.
2: Oh, she's not going to give it all away. So we can (laughs) let Diane share. No way. You know, so I just have to say one thing before I bring Diane on. I want our listeners to understand that not everybody that goes through halftime ends up working for (laughs) halftime. So I'm just going to put that you know little disclaimer out there as you hear these stories but obviously that's part of our connection. So Diane, welcome to I work for him. Thank you Jim and Martha. It's great to be with you today. Oh, we're so glad to have you. So Rhonda just brought us to the edge and said that you were wonderful and had this great story, but didn't share anything. So just tell our listeners a little bit about your journey that has brought you to um, be able to have a a halftime story to to share
4: You bet. Well, I was in the corporate world, and uh, we talk at halftime about one indicator of being in halftime is having a feeling of restlessness, almost Mm -hmm. like a smoldering discontent. And I worked for a consulting firm, and that that firm was acquired. And I can tell you, my discontent went way past smoldering to full flame. And um, it was just a different organizational culture. I didn't feel quite in sync with, and that. Ended up being great because those feelings forced me to start reflecting on doing something different, and that's what started me off.
0: So, well, I mean, let's just talk about that smoldering discontent. <laughs> uh, you know, for you, it was like a forest fire. I, I, I get it. And, and, but a lot of us, and a lot of us experience smoldering discontent, but it's because the Lord is trying to work on us being more content. But you described it as this, this discontent that led you to your halftime. How did you know the difference between, well, I'm just a typical American where I'm just discontent because, you know, I'm just discontent versus a significant discontent that was leading you down a pathway to significance?
4: Yeah, absolutely because I I I prayed so much about my job and my corporate environment and um and I thought I can do this and I can fit in and it's just a, it's just change and um and then I realized that um that I really wasn't stopping and listening to what God was saying to me and it was time for me to do something that felt even more significant, it it was time. And in the consulting world, you you already feel like you're helping make a difference, making a difference with, in my case, leaders and high-potential leaders, and so I thought I was making a difference, but not that feeling of personal significance, and I really didn't feel like I was a part of a cause or a ministry that was bigger than myself, and that's what I kept feeling the nudges towards and um, and had to kind of be smacked in the face before I would pay attention to them.
0: Hey, I wanted, We're talking today about halftime. We're talking about ha- the halftime institute. We've got Rhonda Kelbeck on the line. She work. She's in the headquarters of halftime. She is like I say, the ray of sunshine coming out of halftime each and every day. Rhonda, what is your official title?
1: director of admissions
0: there it is i want to make sure i didn't want to screw it up <laughs> he,
2: he will make something i up would i
0: would <laughs> director of admissions and we've also got Diana mcgrath she's sharing her halftime her second half story but i first want to thank santina for calling in from lakeland just so awesome. glad that you're listening we'll get mm. these books out to you right at well as soon as we get back out to uh, mtl magazine which we're now that we're back in town we can get that done that's right so well, well so
2: okay so you are feeling this sense of of you know, reassessing and looking for something, you know, this burning uh, fire within you of like, what is going to be next? And then again, we've heard this many times where the Lord brought the book Halftime into your life through several different people. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you then become aware of it to the point where you said, this is something I want to uh, get involved in?
4: Well, you know, um, God is so present in the details of our lives, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, and I'm certainly guilty of this, of, of, of not paying quite enough attention. Yeah. I think I pay attention when the real big things happen. I'm like, whoa, thank you, God, or wow, I'm listening. But um really present in the details here because in the same week, two people from two different parts of my life recommended that I talk with a person at the Halftime Institute, which I had not yet heard of. And then I was working with a career coach and when I mentioned the institute to her she said, you mean like the book Halftime? And she turns around to her bookcase and she pulls the book Halftime out and says, oh yeah, you got to read this.
1: (laughs) So that was
4: all in the that was all in the same week. And did I know I was in halftime? No, not until I read the book. And mm-hmm. once I read the book, I kept going, that's me, that's me. Oh, my goodness, that's me. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's me. And so um, so I certainly wasn't going to ignore all of those nudges. And, um, and that's what ended up bringing me to the Institute as a client.
0: That's wonderful. When you look at your state of mind that was prior to you going into the halftime Institute, and and I can't remember your background. Are you, are you married or single? Single. Okay. So did you did you have other your good friends in your life? Your your girlfriends were they speaking to you? Going, Diane, you're driving us crazy. What's wrong with you? I mean, what were they saying to you that helped you realize personally? You you said you recognized something, corporately, but personally, did you have friends going, Hey, come on. I mean, what were they saying to you in order in order because we always go to our friends and going, Hey, this is what I'm being told. But it, does this resonate with you? I mean, how did you get verification from your friends before you went?
4: Yeah, well, I got verification both from friends and from family, and I have a son. And uh, and each of them, each each facet of, of my personal life, folks were saying to me, do you hear yourself in how you're talking about work? Do you hear yourself in mm-hmm. how you're talking about lack of fulfillment? And, um, and so, and yet because i'm a single mom it was hard to let go of a really good earning and good benefits and so i was i was fearful and it it wasn't until i was kind of forced to let go that i sat back and said i'm going to trust you god i am i am there i'm going to trust that you are going to lead me and guide me to the right place at the right time and so my mindset very quickly became, I'm going to enjoy
2: this journey. And I did. And that's exactly what I was going to talk to you about. Because when we talked on the phone, you said that several times that the, it, you learned how important it is to enjoy the journey. So speak to our listeners about it and uh, that a little bit and explain what you mean by that.
4: Sure. Well, we see so many people who want to do something different with their lives, Mm -hmm. but they want to jump from what they're doing now to what they're going to do next, and they are uncomfortable with the space in between. And yet, (laughs) as we all know, it's that space in between that can be so valuable. So I just trusted God was going to lead me. I prayed for clarity, for discernment, for being able to be calm in the midst of all this. And I just decided to enjoy the ride. And I met. So many wonderful people, and I learned so much. You guys have all talked about low-cost probes. I tried out a couple of low-cost probes, volunteered a bit more, and when I look back, I can see that each person I met with and each action I took was a piece of the puzzle that God wanted me to put together and ended up carrying me to the Halftime
0: Institute. You mentioned you prayed for a lot of things, but you didn't say you prayed for patience during this, (laughs) during this, this spot, this lull, this journey. Did did you ever get to the spot where you just prayed for patience and understood that that's what God wanted you to do?
4: Sure, I did. I did. I just um, I I really was filled with joy about about the about the journey, and so I wasn't quite so worried about the timing. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel quite as I didn't feel in a big big hurry, and so. N- um, every now and then, yes, the patience, but mostly the clarity and mostly the ability to wake up every morning and be grateful and to live in gratitude and, and make the most of it.
0: Rhonda, as you watched Diane go through the Institute and, and her follow-up coaching, what did you see taking place in her life?
1: You know, I saw what she was talking about kind of just eventually becoming at ease was just the journey and just really taking it slow enough and quiet enough so she could hear God and what he was calling her to do. So she was really leaning into the process of both the head and the heart journey. Who's God calling her to be and what is God calling her to do? And so she was taking the time to be intentional about her second half.
2: So Diane, we were talking um, right before the break about where this has led you and what um, has been revealed. Through your experience, yes. Well,
4: um, I've always been on the people side of of business, so my background is training and development, and then leadership consulting. And I felt that I still wanted to do something in that uh, in that realm, but I really cast about for for quite a while until I started um, learning more about halftime and getting a. A bit of structure. And I volunteered in a couple of different places, and I actually did some part time consulting. But Rhonda and I had been introduced when I first visited the Institute, and we enjoyed each other's company and decided to get together for lunch now and then. And one time when we met, she started talking about how busy everyone at the Institute was. And she said, Well, a couple of people even have a job and a half. Mm. And I went, Hmm, what do those? half job look like and so we started exploring from there and and ultimately that's how i ended up joining the institute but a part of my discovery was well, a couple of discoveries the traditional corporate world was not for me any longer it had been for a long time but um but it wasn't any longer and yet i still wanted to be a part of a team i still wanted to be a part of 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 an organization, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted to serve in a ministry. I wanted to serve in a ministry I could really get behind and, and believe in. So in terms of the big picture discoveries, I am absolutely living those. And then Another discovery was that I am happiest when, directly or indirectly, I'm helping individuals close a gap between where they are now and where they'd like to be. And as right now, as a liaison between the Institute and some of our clients, I definitely get to play a role in that. Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic.
0: I I guess I want to know, you know, if we were to call your son and say, okay, what is it about mom Mm -hmm. that's different today, Mm -hmm. now that she's gone through the Halftime Institute? What's he gonna say? Well, um, well, I don't
4: know exactly, but good answer, answer, good answer. So you know, I don't know exactly, but I think that he um, he has admired my courage Mm. in being and stepping away from a little bit more of a traditional kind of work life, and I believe that um, his faith is taking on a slightly different shape because he sees how actively I've pursued mine and now in in work and I think he's really happy for me and he feels um I think he feels I won't say relief but you know children want to they always want to think their parents are in a really good place in an okay place because that's Secure for them. And I think that that he feels a bit even more secure when he sees me so happy and fulfilled.
0: Rhonda, when you we hear these testimonies and there are people listening to the show today and then are gonna be listening to the podcast later on and the rebroadcast, tell just describe the perfect candidate for the halftime institute and how they can get involved.
1: The perfect candidate is someone who is kind of feeling that smoldering discontent for some reason. They might be feeling, gosh, there has to be more to my second half than just being successful or just my next job. But gosh, there has to be something that I could be passionate about and really pour my heart into. So it's people who want that. And it's for people who Um, Are serious that their second half, that they're going to be intentional about it. If they're going to do something, they want to impact others and make a difference. And so it's for people who really feel like, I, I want to spend the time, lock eyes with God, and get clear on this. So my second half can be even better than my first.
0: And how do people find out about it?
1: They can go to halftime.org. Right on that first landing page, there's a request for more information. If they fill that out, it comes directly to me. I will contact them so we can have just an exploratory conversation just to figure out, you know, where they are and if we can help them.
0: Awesome. Rhonda Kelbeck, Diane McGrath, thanks for being on I Work for him today. Thanks for sharing your stories. Uh, and I know we could have had lots more, but thank you so much for being on I Work for him today.
4: Thanks so much. You're
1: welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you.
0: You know, Martha, it's always fun to hear people's stories and how the Lord really led them to their second half. I mean, and almost all of us are going to have one.
2: Most definitely, and um,
0: <laughs> and it I'm is sorry. fantastic, Martha. Get all choked I up. I got about all it.
2: choked up, but you know, so many of us learning that we need a life of significance.
0: That's it what it's about, and we are. We need to lead a life of significance. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. We figured out our mission field. It's our workplace, ultimately. I I work work for him. him.